Well, I'm going to get started if it's okay. I think it's about about around the hour. Um, so this is the Fiction Old and New Book Group. And today is Friday, March 1st, 2019. And we're discussing uh, Jasmine Guillory's book, The Wedding Date. Um, I'm just going to mention one thing before we get started. Um, I think some of you may already know this, but for those of you who don't, I'll just, just mention it. Um, so Sherry Wells and I have been doing this group for about five and a half years. And this year, she has a lot of commitments and obligations that she has to deal with. So she's going to be taking a little, not a total, but a little bit of a step back from the group for this year. Um, and she's agreed to moderate uh, three of the meetings. So she did February, and she's going to do two other meetings this year. So she's going to come to some of the meetings, but for you know the past five and a half years, both of us pretty much have been at every single meeting, but this year I think it's going to be a little bit different. I know some of you are aware of that, but I don't know if everybody is, so I'm just mentioning that. Um, so let me give you a little information about the author. Um, Jasmine Guillory grew up in Berkeley, California. She graduated from Wellesley College and Stanford Law School. She worked as an attorney for many years before writing her first novel, The Wedding Day, which is what we read for tonight. Um, she said that she's always, she always has been a reader, but she never saw herself as a writer because she thought of writers as someone quiet, somewhat introverted, and especially someone white. Her second novel, The Proposal, was published in 2018, and if you read the book for tonight, you know the, the uh, character of Carlos, and he is the love interest in the proposal. Um, and then her third novel, The Wedding Party, is going to be published in July 2019. And besides writing novels, she also writes um, articles and things like that about pop culture and food. So... Um, I thought, you know, we don't have a, a tremendously large group this evening, so I think it's okay if we just kind of open it up to everybody. And, um, you know, if anybody wants to start out and, and say what they thought of the book. Well, uh, I, I'd like to go first. And uh, uh, this is Alan. And I'm sure Jasmine Guillory is real smart. Obviously, she, she got degrees from Wellesley and Stanford Law. So she's smart. And I didn't really have any problem with her writing style. But man, I had a real problem with the characters because, I mean, these people were, were professionals in their mid-30s. And they acted like they were 13 years old. And I, and I, I, I just got really, really frustrated. And maybe that's the way younger folks are. I mean, I'm saying young relative to me. I'm in my 60s. But uh, – uh, Relative to me, that's how people act nowadays. But uh, is it really that hard to talk to people instead of just assuming you know what they're thinking? And I, I, if that happened once in this book, it happened a million times, and I just got frustrated with those guys Whoa. acting like they were thirteen years old. So uh, uh, I, 
you know, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I finished the book. I read the whole thing, but I, I mean, there were, there were times when I really wanted to open a vein because it got so hard <laughs> to, 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 to deal with them. They just, mm-hmm. they wouldn't talk to one another. They didn't communicate and they kept assuming that they knew what the other person was thinking. And, oh, oh no, this is just a, yeah. this is just a pretend relationship. It's not really going anywhere. Even though I really like the guy. Oh, no, no, So. I got frustrated with that part of it. So that's my comment. So thanks. Michelle, this is is Bob. You probably don't want to hear me either. I think I'm too old for this book. And I was shocked that, well, I still always will have great respect and admiration for you. But my nieces would call this book a bodice buster because it, it wasn't just what they're thinking. It's how they acted. The doctor is a professional. I would never go to, well, I wouldn't go anyway as a pediatrician, but he'd be texting his girlfriends. He'd hit, he wanted to hit the world. No commitments. She's thinking, oh, can't be, you know, I agree with Alan totally. That what are they thinking? Well, how should I react? What should I do? I did like Olivia a little better. She, she, and they talk about her life, you know, disadvantaged black girl. What about the life of uh, Drew? We never hear about his childhood. He's warped. I mean, I, 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 I was shocked. They did sex on their head. They taught me more about sex than I'll ever learn. I, I, I you know, and it's, it was just on and on and on. And I asked people that were maybe 40s, do you guys act that way on the dance floor and club? Just feel the girl up and she wears no panties and stuff. We can say this were adults and all that. And they said, well, more no than yes. But, yeah, some people do. There's no respect. Wow. And then when he talks to her, I'll be done. I'm sorry. I hate to do this because I know Michelle works hard and Cherry on their books. And I had given a – I mean, Gellhorn was easy compared to this. But um, the last thing I want to say is that these were professional people. And they acted like they were 13 years old. Absolutely uh, – uh, you know, you knew they were going to get married. It was predictable. But and then, then he, if I swore at Ruth Ann the way he did at this girl, I'd be a walking dead man. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hi, this is Liz. I'd like to go next because I, I really um, agreed with both Alan and Bob in terms of that was the thing that perplexed me is that these are both really accomplished professionals, sure of themselves in their profession, and yet when it comes to their interpersonal relationships, they are like totally insecure and it was just it is a little bit unbelievable but the one thing I did like about the book and I think I I really credit the author for this is even though the main characters were an interracial couple that was not the focus of the book no that's right they didn't they didn't make a big deal about that and to me I find that very encouraging I think that's a move in the right direction Oh yeah, but, um, and it's not that it's not my genre generally. I don't care for straight up romances. I mean, I can see this being made into like a Hallmark or a Lifetime movie or something like that because it was predictable and it was, you know, it was it was kind of shallow and uh, uh, so. But in terms of the author's uh, writing, I, I don't I don't have a problem with that. Um, it just it wasn't my it wasn't my my preferred genre. Well, this is this is Michelle, and since I picked the book, I'm going to defend it a little bit. Because, and I had a feeling, to be honest, this was going to be the reaction of the book. So I'm just going to say a couple of things on the other side. So 
So the first thing I'm going to say is I'm in And when I was in my 20s, I would have loved to have read a book like this. Because mm-hmm. the thing that I liked about this book very much was there was a real openness about relationships and the way relationships sometimes happen and the way that there's a lot of confusion a lot of times in relationships and the way sometimes people can get involved very quickly but they don't know each other that well. And it struck me that there was a real realism in the way that she was writing. Something happened to many people. And when I was in my 20s, honestly, the only kind of romance books that they ever had were the Hallmark books and, and things like that. So this, to me, was very refreshing to read a book like this. It was an openness and an honesty in what she was writing about, which I responded to very strongly. And the other thing that I really liked about the book was the fact that they touched what Liz was saying. They touched on the fact that this was an interracial couple, but it wasn't like they, they had different incidents where she said when she went to the wedding, she said, well, are there any other black people here? And I thought that was a really good way to introduce the interracial element into the story. Um, I like that they were in their 30s. I like that they had careers. Um, I like that they brought a little bit of I like the fact that they had close friendships, that he had his friend Carlos, and she had her friend who was the um, the fashion designer and, and whatever. I liked all of those elements. So to me, I mean, maybe maybe most of us are just, you know, out of demographic for this book, but I will say reading this book as someone who's older, if I were younger, I would have responded to it because I responded to it at my age. So I actually liked it a lot, and I am planning on reading her other books. I thought the thing about romance is it's becoming more fashionable because for a long time there was a lot of you know disregard of romance, and the New York Times recently incorporated a romance column, and there's a lot more interest now in romance because there's a lot of things that they bring into romance. Years ago, it was all like fantasy. It was all, you know, never could happen in real life. And nowadays, they have a lot more real, realistic romances. And to me, there was a lot of realism in the story. So we'll see what everybody else thought. Uh, 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 I just want to make a comment about your... your let's, see what, uh, let's see what Jenny says so we get other people, everybody speaking I, here. I'm okay. trying to tell Michelle that her audio is coming through. It, it, from my point of view, does it sound a little tunnely or something? It sounds yeah, echoey. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah, echoey, yeah. but I didn't want to say because of my hearing aids, it could be me. Maybe I'm echoey. Tell, tell you're very echoey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what mic you're using, Michelle, because you usually have a great, uh, you have a great mic usually. Okay, I'll try another microphone. Okay, but I, I want to say, is, I want to see it. Let's hear what Jenny says so everybody can speak. I promise, you know, we'll let them do that. Yeah, um, thank you. Um, I'm having a little trouble with my phone, so I, I'm glad to, you know, get this kind of um, underway. Yeah. Um, Usually I'm a pretty much of a nerd and I will read the book maybe two times. But <clears throat> and I thought that um but I didn't I just what happened was I read the book. I mean I read maybe some part of the book and I I have increasingly become a little bit more time conscious. <laughs> I hate to be depressing, but as you get older. And I thought, you know, I don't think this is the right book for me at this time. I can't I don't really I find the characters um to be, um, they don't have the texture or I, I can't connect with them. Now, that it's not fair because I kept thinking, well, you really should read the whole book. 
but I found myself that the book was not compelling for me. And and again, my theory is uh, somewhat similar to Michelle's. This may have been a book that I would have loved in my 18, you know, in, when I was in my 20s, early 20s. And um, one thing that I will say I did like was, um, yeah, usually when you read romances back then, um, maybe in the 80s, People were perfect. I mean, there was some self-depreciating humor about the woman wasn't perfect, nor was she expected. You know, she felt, I mean, she was admitting that, I think. I I just um, didn't find the, I guess the bottom line is, I'm blathering on here, I just didn't find the characters interesting. And so I probably read about 20 pages in the book, but I am always love and enjoy hearing the discussion. So that's all I have to say. Uh, hi, this is Marsha. Oh, and, go ahead, Marsha. Uh, Michelle's working. Uh, I'll just to keep keep this brief because I, I couldn't finish it. I just couldn't no. finish the book. I, I found the characters shallow, very shallow, although they were professional in, in, in their 30s. It's like, my God, we never acted like that in our 30s. No, no. And, and um, I wouldn't have wanted a relationship like that in my 20s. And I just, I couldn't relate, I couldn't connect to any of the characters. I, As I said, I found them very shallow. And I read, I would say, probably a good hour, hour and a half in the book. And I I gave up. I just, and I, <laughs> I don't plan on rereading it. I don't plan on reading any more of uh, Ms. Guillory's books. Um, sorry, Michelle, I just, I could not get into it. So I'm trying this microphone. Is it any better? Yes. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, okay, I, I have two microphones. I, they look exactly the same. They, they're exactly the same. And one this of them sounds the far best. away, but I can hear you. Go ahead. Right. Okay, <laughs> you're, I'll try you're increase, far away. I'm trying to increase the volume. Then. I'll try to, I'll try to oh, make that's it. better. Better. Okay, well, John, I know you're here, and I'm guessing you're a guy, and you probably either didn't read the book or didn't like it. So, <laughs> I, did, I, did fit, I did skim it. I, okay. did skim, I did skim or read parts, and I just kind of wonder. Uh, I remember back before the Supreme Court took the pornography off the forbidden list. <laughs> you know, you, the, whether the books are any better now <laughs> than they were then. I remember them having a whole Thomas Mann's uh, The Magic Mountain. They had a whole chapter in French. Because that's the only way they could produce it in the United States. And then we had the broadcast services coming on with some of this Victorian porn and stuff. It was, so I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that, that's, I mean, that's, I, I, clearly this book was not a, a popular choice. Honestly, I read the book and I really enjoyed it. And I, okay. I thought there was, to me, it, it was a story that, it could happen. You know, plenty of people meet each other and get involved very quickly and don't know each other that well. And there's a lot of uncertainty and things like that. So it resonated with me, but that's okay if it didn't with other people. Did David, um, I, uh, I, Michelle, I did David read the book? David Green's no, here. No, you no, didn't read it, David? Oh, boy. Okay. I didn't uh, read it, but I have a question. Like, I, I enjoy reading some romance if it's not too raunchy. And uh, my impression is is that all of us on the group here tonight are on the uh, uh, on the upper side of thirty or more. <laughs> and, uh, yes. that's, that's, I, being, that's being generous. A year or two. Yeah. yeah. Probably, probably fifty is more realistic, I think. 
Yeah. As uh, I read probably, books like I this, most, I wonder. I think most uh, of us in our sixties. <laughs> yeah. But what I what I want to add, if I may, and I I hate to pile on 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 this, but I've got to be honest. When I, I do remember, believe it or not, when I was in my twenties at UCLA and all that, and everybody did what they did, but the girls were very discreet. They they did they were worried that you're going to talk about them in the locker room, and of course every guy in the locker room scored. You know, I never heard one that didn't score. You know, he went all night and wore out. Everybody did. You know, nobody would say, no, I didn't. My point I'm making is the girls were discreet. And I attended, if I may, I'm hearing something here. I, I attended um, the uh, national conventions at 20, that 20s. That's like the passion pit. I mean, everything happens. You have your convention wives. You have your girlfriends. Some of these guys did. Uh, I was too short and fat to get into that action. But my point I'm making is the girls were discreet. Even even when Ruth Ann and I were engaged, I said, well, why don't we have the same room? We save money. No, I will not do that. We have separate rooms. Now, where I was or where I wasn't, I'm not, I take the Fifth Amendment. But we had we were at discretion. These guys would do it on Fifth Avenue, and they were professionals. I wouldn't go to either one for any assistance. Thank you. So how much is reality today, Paul, for, for the ones that are in their 20s? Like, like I said, I, I actually think that this book is very accurate. Um, we may, we, I do may, not think it is. We may find it too I, much. I really do. And I, I understand what people are saying. And maybe it's accurate for certain places and not for others. I live in New York City. And believe me, this book definitely rings true. Um, but maybe in other parts of the country or other parts of Canada, it doesn't. So, you know, I, I, I'm not disputing what you're all saying. I just thought that she was somebody who was writing for a young audience. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she's had a lot of acclaim. I mean, this is a pretty well-known romance novel that I've heard about a lot. So um, I think that her writing, what she writes about, resonates with some people. And maybe people who are, you know, I don't know how to even describe it, but it doesn't resonate with anybody. But well, I, for me, I just, I just, I just wonder how out of touch I am with reality of somebody. What's what the 20-year-old reality and how out of touch am I with that? Well, I, 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 I just got to say, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with what Michelle's saying, but if, 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 if relationships these days are based on people we're in not trouble. T- getting together face to face and talking yep. to one another in person. We're in trouble. Uh, yep. You know, it, 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 it's no wonder they're having communication issues in their relationship yeah. and stuff. Because I mean, great. I mean, tweeting and texting and everything is great for instantaneous uh, text conveyance. But I, I mean, body language is still how most things get communicated. And, and you know, and then direct words face to face with somebody is the best way to communicate with somebody. Yes, so it is. you know. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, there's so, there's uh, a young lady, 23 years old, that I've been helping for the last couple of years with orientation and mobility, and she's going steady with a guy that's 3,000 miles away on the other side of of, of uh, Canada, and she's met him physically twice, briefly, hmm. and they're going steady. So I just said, how does that work? Like, I can't get my mind around that. Mm-hmm. But for her, it's normal. Well, it can't be very steady, three thousand miles away. But you know, if, yeah, uh, long distance. If, yeah, if, if that's the way, like, if that's the way that you know, that's what's available to them. I guess you do what you what you do. But uh, uh, it's a it, good way it's, to uh, keep from breaking up, I guess. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never well, I, together. I, think so, I think sometimes people want to have relationships, but they don't really want to have a, a, a very strong relationship. I, I think I've so. heard yeah. of other people that have had these kind of relationships where they're involved with people who live very far away, and it serves like a way to live close to somebody but not too close. So, right. I, I, oh, and I, you know, I, and that's perfectly fine. I, I've got no problem with that. The problem I have with these two people is they both had real strong feelings for each other, but they no. never bothered to communicate that to the other no, person. Never they, talked. They, they kept thinking about it, and you know, they they kept supposing what the other person was thinking. I'm thinking, really? Is it that? I mean, you're spending a lot of time together. Why don't you just bring it up and see what happens? What this book reminded me a lot of is I used to watch the show on television, Sex in the City. And they dissect, they dissect the relationships and they take like the tiniest little clues of the behavior that a man has and they try to figure out <clears> the <throat> relationship based on that. And it seemed to me, yes, I agree with you, there was not great communication here, but I don't think it's so unusual that people don't always communicate that well all the time. And sometimes people are just spend all their time guessing what the other person is doing. Yeah, it's yeah, better yeah, they yeah. look to each other. Yeah, I, don't I, can't, think, I don't think that's unrealistic. No, I can't. I can't argue with you there. I, it, it, it's not. I, I mean, I think it's sad, but I, I don't. I don't disagree with you that, it, that it's not happening on a regular basis. So, I just. Uh, I think people would be a lot happier if, if if they would talk to one another. But I mean, people don't. I mean, it, people haven't been talking to each other for a long, long time. I just I think it's getting worse now with all the electronics and stuff this day and age, but you know, it, it is what it is. I think the, I think the best part for me was when the girlfriends all talked to her at the table and they said, Oh my God, he's sweet. He's nice, but two months and it's over. And, and at least they were honest. They were good. They were, they seemed like competent women explaining, but they said, this guy doesn't communicate. He's, you know, but she got him. I said, Oh, but this girl's going to get him. But, the girlfriends were very honest and not vicious. They liked uh, Drew. They they liked him. They said he was sweet. Yeah. But I would never go to him as a doctor. But I I, I won't. Uh, I wouldn't anyway. He's a pediatrician. But he'd be texting I mean, his girlfriends while he's pulling my appendix out. And I I mean he's just incredible. And we never heard about his childhood. He must have been warped as a kid. I thought Carlos was the best <laughs> character because he was the only one that had any sense. It seemed like he was the one that kept saying talk to her you know it's obvious you have feelings for this girl yeah I mean, uh, he, he he kept he kept bringing up the uh uh he, he kept being sensical it seemed like to me I mean, whenever you know drew was was floundering and, and stuff he, he said well you know you know t- talk to her you know mm-hmm. uh, so. well carlos was very good i thought yeah mm-hmm. he really tried to help drew he says you're an idiot you know yeah i like carlos yeah, I did too. But I think also, I, I, that was the part of the story what Bob was saying that was a little puzzling to me because he had this whole series of relationships and then the woman would get a little serious and he would run away. But then all of a sudden he met Alexa and he was just head over heels smitten with her, wanted to be with her all the time. And that I had a little problem buying into because it just seemed to be such a dramatic shift. So that was a little part of it. The story. I did want to say that you know what this book drove my um, Echo devices crazy. <laughs> mine too. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, my, I guess mine wasn't close enough because mine didn't go oh. off once. <laughs> oh, it was constantly. It wasn't bad, off. but it was. Uh, uh, 
Now, maybe well, I didn't get far enough to meet Carlos. Maybe that if I would have gotten that far, maybe Carlos. I would have changed my mind. He may have leveled leveled things out a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, no, Carlos yeah. was at least reality for the guy. Uh-huh. You know, he was at least reality for Drew. Uh-huh. Said, you're an idiot. What's the matter with you? You can tell you like her. No, no, no commitments. No. Yeah. On and on. Like I, I don't know, but a discussion of nothing else. If I'd have seen her in that bar with Theo's arm around her, I would have been a little ups- more upset. I think. Yeah. 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 One of the things I wanted to say to Michelle is, it's okay. I think it's totally okay if people in the book clubs don't like the books. I find oh, yeah, that, yeah. I find yeah, the discussions no. really interesting when a lot of people don't care for the books. So. You know, I think it's great that we have books that we all like or we, you know, some of us don't like. And um, I, I agree with you, but I, I think it's sometimes what happens is, you know, I, I personally don't like to pick books. Like I was, I was very on the fence about this book because I had a feeling that the reaction was going to be what the reaction was. Mm-hmm. I just this wasn't really going to appeal to, you know, I've gone to the accessible world groups long enough that I have a sense of what people like and don't like and I thought it was a little bit outside the box and I really you know I wasn't really sure to be honest well I think I think it's good to push us outside the box exactly (laughs) no I I totally agree you know uh Michelle it's good to have different you know controversial books I mean that that way you know at least we're exposed to different elements and different genres and that kind of thing right and we're not all supposed to agree uh, you know, whether we like something or right. not. In the reality, yeah. Yeah, and go ahead. Jasmine, Giller, Jasmine Guillory is writing for a younger demographic. Yeah. I'm sure it, she's not writing for people in their 60s like us. So, you know, for uh, you know, I can think my granddaughters, who are both in their early 20s, may or may not relate more to this book than, than I do, even when I was in my 20s. And I was in my 20s during the <laughs> 70s. So there was a whole lot of hooking up is what the kids call it now, I guess, um, then, but, um, but they really were, I mean, you and I, I think Liz are about the same age. I think I'm just slightly younger than you are. And honestly, when I was younger, they didn't have any books like this. I would have really loved to have read a book like this because the books that they had were just the Harlequin romances and things. Like right. That. This would have been kind of exciting. Yeah. yeah when I was in my twenties, <laughs> all of your experiences as right. I'm, I'm in my very, very late 50s, and I, I will tell you, this book resonated with me, and I'm mm. completely out of the demographic. So mm. I do think that there, there, there were things in the story that, that I could have imagined wanting to have read when I was younger. Well, I, I just want to say, again, as I said earlier, I have tremendous admiration and respect for Michelle. She should not, do not take it. I've had a book once where everybody said they'll never read it again. I said, I don't care. I liked it. So, but my point is that there are people in book clubs. We have some, no violence. Why are you in the mystery book club? I don't care. I don't want murder. I'm against it. And and they're there. So, well, God love you to each his own. I think you're nuts, but you you can go in there and say, I want no violence in a mystery book club. And that's what it's all about. That mystery book had too much suspense in it. I don't, I don't like suspense. <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, why are you yeah. here? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and, I, and I'll say, I mean, if 
if I don't like a book, I don't I don't finish reading it. But I, I read all of this one. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I read yeah. the whole thing. But yeah. if I like it, I'll defend it too. If I like it, nobody else does. Oh. Too bad. I like yeah, it. Me too. I, I would do the same thing. And if, yeah, Marcia's I'm, done it. Yeah. And I'm with I'm with Alan though. If I don't if I don't like a a book, well, I have the two hour rule. This one didn't. If I, if I can't get into a book within two hours, most of the time I'm done. This yeah, time it was like ninety minutes. So that's what I tell my friend Anne, who loves Comfy Co's books, where they're drinking tea. They're British oh. books. She admits it. I'm not talking about her. And they they drink tea for three hours. I said, Anne, you're not going to hold my attention. No, nope, I just can't do it. Nope. Right. Yeah. I I think yeah I think it's it's really fascinating to see what what book speaks to each person. You know. Um. And for me, it just wasn't it wasn't anything that I could grab onto. But you know, Michelle, since you're living in New York, and um that that was one. I think that was. May, you know, it's very hard to say. Sometimes the atmosphere or the setting will get to me. But what I love is just what does a book make you think about? Like, for example, you know, the thing about books, we're not really talking about books. We're talking about everything, really. You know, like here we're talking about sexuality and technology and everything. And so I, it's sometimes not about the book. It's about what does a book make you think about? You know, what does it bring to mind? Um, I read a book that was really scandalized me. I didn't think I could be scandalized. Um you know, uh, but but I did love it. Um, you know, it's based on that Netflix series "You" by Carolyn Kepnes. Now there is a real, um, a very interesting uh, book in a lot of ways that I did like, but I knew it would be very. But it had a lot of very strange elements in it, and a lot of sexuality too, and it, of people in their twenties. I'm watching the show. Well, I watched the first episode of "You," and it's that guy is ooh, he's creepy. But anyway, I'm going to keep <laughs> watching that one. And, uh, and, and yeah, those folks are in their twenties. So, and it, so it's not that I, you know, I'm not an old fogey or anything like that, you know. And I'm not even sure why this book just I did, was not compelling to me. Sometimes it's just the wrong okay, fit. You know, you know what I'll tell you that the thing that really, okay. So they meet in the elevator, right? She's got some snacks that she's taking up to her sister's. Mm-hmm. And then they end the book with him renting. That's what did it for me. Is they, they, him kind of reserving the elevator and had it all filled with flowers and snacks. And yes. Stuff. And it just the- seemed like, okay, this is, this is a little <laughs> bit over the edge for Schmaltz, you know? <laughs> yeah, I jumped to the epilogue. I'm sorry I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to just mention our, our next book for next time. So this is. Okay. This all is right. A- so this is a, this book I think you may hopefully like a little better. I, fingers crossed. Um, the next book is called Lillian Boxfish, and it's, it's spelled like it sounds. Boxfish takes a walk, and the author is Kathleen Rooney, and the GB number is eight six eight five two. And what this what this story is is um, it's. it's not really based on, but it's kind of inspired by a real-life woman. Her name was Margaret Fishback, I believe. And she was the highest-paid woman in advertising in the 1920s and 30s. And she lived in New York City. And it's kind of inspired by her life. So Lillian Boxfish is based on Margaret Fishback. And when she's 85 years old, on New Year's Eve, in 1984, right after the shooting on the subway with Bernard Getz, that shooting. That oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. She decides that she's going to take a walk 
from um, Midtown Manhattan at night all the way down to the Wall Street area to go to this restaurant where she last went with her ex-husband. And she has a lot of adventures on the way, and she also reminisces a lot about her life. And I thought it was really like a really interesting, fun read. Um, I hope you guys like it. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's, I don't read that many books about characters in their 80s, so I thought that was different to do that. And um, it's, it's, it, was, it was kind of fun, actually, just to, and also I, I remember, I didn't live in New York City in the 1980s, but I worked in New York City in the 1980s, and it was very, like, you know, you had to be really careful. And you got that sense from the story of, you know, the way things were at the time, which is a little bit different. Not that you don't have to be careful. Um, so I, I liked it, actually. It's called Lillian Boxfish Takes a Walk, and the author is Kathleen Rooney. Um, it's, it's about nine hours is the reading length, and it's 86852 is the DB number. 86852. Yes. Right. Between XC Sands, who's the narrator, and somebody should mute there, please. We hear your jaws all day. Sorry about that. That's all right. That's all right. All day we'll mute you. There you go. I had to add it to my wish list, so I did mute while I was finding it. But I've never seen that before in a bard book where there's an interview. That was the first time I ever saw that. So, um, Don and Alan, do you want to mention the books for your group as, groups as well? Yeah, go ahead, Don. You're up next. I'm up next. Yeah, it's, it's Fields of Blood. It's about Congress, of all things, and the, the actual physical combats, uh, tussles that went on that weren't oh, The yeah. lady traced them through diaries. And this one person led up to the Civil War, and they, with not only duels and threats of duels, but knocking each other down or taking after each other with a knife and and so on. So it, it was the Southern people tried to bully the Northern people, according to the author. And very interesting book, and they kind of use this clerk of the Congress of the Assembly, I think he was, and as a character that lived through most of that. Even even the Gettysburg Address and Lincoln's uh, death, but uh, it, it's it's very interesting. And the author, have, uh, the author reads it, correct, Don Joanne Freeman? Oh yes, she, yes, and she reads well. That's yeah. not always the case when an author reads their own book, but she reads well. She does read very well. Yeah, she's a good reader. And can I clarify that it's called The Field of Blood because there's like three books called Fields of Blood, uh, but this is The blood. Field of Blood, and it is, it's a good good book. Joanne Freeman is the author. Mm-hmm. And then for world, Worlds of Books, the third Tuesday of the month, we're doing Educated by Tara Westover, and uh, we talked a little bit about it before it started. It's, a, it's nonfiction, but... A, as I understand, it's about a girl that was raised uh, in a in a family that 
a, a real bad family upbringing, it seemed like. And she broke away from the family and educated herself and, and ended up getting a PhD and stuff and, and goes on to do, do big things and stuff. So uh, I've heard great things about it. I hadn't read it yet. So that's what we're discussing in Worlds of Books. Which, which book is that, Alan? Educated. Educated. Terror West. Oh. Do you have the DB number, Alan, on that? I know it's quick no, I, don't have, I don't have it. I'm sorry. Okay. No, I'll find, I have it somewhere. I have yeah. it. Just do educated. You'll find it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So this group here, do we meet once a month? Yes. So the next time that we're meeting, David, is uh, Friday, April 5th. So we always meet on the first Friday. First, yeah, first Friday of each month. And again, the book is called Lillian Boxfish Takes a Walk. By Cal- I just uh, I went to Bookshare and downloaded it now. Good day. Uh, they have it on Bookshare? Good. Yeah. And the uh, uh, Journey Through History is always the first Tuesday. So that, that's good. Okay. I'm reading the Alice Network now. Has anybody read that? I've heard it's very good, actually. I haven't read it, but I've heard it's really good. Are you on the? Uh, do you get the newswires, David, for the accessible world? Are you um, on the list? Yeah, I, I do. That's how I found out about this. Like the, oh, uh, good. Yeah. I, I tried subscribing, but it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Keep trying, because I had a devil of a time trying to get in, but once I got in, I, I'm getting everything now. It took me a few tries, though. There's that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for coming. I, I, I really appreciate it, and um, I hope you guys like the next book. And um, I, I will heartily endorse Educated. I thought that was a fantastic book.